All right, guys, welcome back to season two of the Iskani Sports Podcast. I'm here with Wes Brown, Monday morning himself, in the flesh. We've been working on this for some time. It's finally happening. Um, you guys can go follow Wes on Wes B. Brown, all Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.com slash Wes Brown Scouting, where I heard he's making some great videos out there. Just really aesthetically pleasing videos out there. Thanks to you. You like your videos. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what's going on, Wes? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Um, really excited. We got some mock mid-season awards, not rankings. I'm not stepping on your toes. I just surveyed a, a couple of coaches and scouts to see who they would give a few awards to, and then we have some hoops tapes to get into. You're going to evaluate some hoops tapes on the spot cool. on the <laughs> podcast. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? I kind of know what you do, but for the people that may be seeing you for the first time. Yeah, so uh, I'm a scout. Uh, I help teams at every level recruit Canadian basketball players, whether you're an NBA team, NCAA, uh, U-Sport, JUCO, CCAA, um, and you want to know about Canadian players, um, you know, I try to scour the country and find the best guys. I have my service, the Monday Morning Scouting Report, and I send out weekly reports to my clients. Mm. Obviously, it's difficult now, but usually to uh, on on the guys who would be appropriate and who would usually be studs for their level, um, and then do some intel stuff and things like that for NBA teams also. Yeah. Also, if you are you know a younger hooper, let's say 14, 15, thinking about going to youth sports or college or what have you, you, you need to know who Wes Brown is. That's basically what he's just saying right now. Wes Brown, the Monday Morning Scouting Report is the biggest scouting service, the most, you know, intriguing to these coaches and to these uh, other prospective programs. So when you're when you're evaluating, you use the leaf process. And here's the first question, real question I had for you that I've been sitting on since I met you. Are you ever going to do a half leaf? like a three and a half leaf prospect or two and a half leaf. Cause it's, it's, it's one to five. We don't see ones and twos very often, but no, what about a, what about a three and a half? Well, well, a, a one and two is, is not worth it. I think, I mean, I, I you know, there's uproar about threes yeah. as it is. So it's even difficult to post about those. Um, the truth is on my computer, I do have halves. And when I send out my rankings, I've made a few guys half because I think they're in between. Um, but I don't know if I'm ever going to put those into the public eye or anything. I could. Yeah. I mean, I haven't decided yet. But, like, the first half-leaf prospect has to be, like, a major event. Because you've been running this for, for quite some time yeah, now. Yeah, we'll see. And it's just traditional. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. T TBD. I mean, you know, since it, there's only three, four, and five for now, mm -hmm. that's only three numbers. Mm -hmm. I think it does make sense to provide yeah. a little more um, opportunity. Yeah. But... Um, but we'll see. I, I haven't decided yet. But I, I do think it makes sense. And I think, you know, when, you, when you're really being honest with yourself and looking at, okay, you know, this player is a four and this is a five or this is a three and this is a four, mm -hmm. you know, I might not be so certain, let's say, that a guy who's a three who maybe plays a lower level of ball mm -hmm. can compete with the guys who are fours. Mm -hmm. But I think his skill set is high enough that he shouldn't just be a three. Right. So that's where the three and a halfs kind of come in. And then you would look at some these two three-leaf prospects and be like, well, this guy's closer to four than the other guy I gave three. Yeah. But let's let's just get into that part of it right now. So you kind of hinted at it already. Distinguish three from four from five for us. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I had a little breakdown on my computer, but mm -hmm. the truth is, the the fives are for the guys who I think are high major le level players, mm. uh, and a lot of the times guys with maybe NBA potential. Um, the fours are guys that I think are good college players. Everybody wants to label low major, major mid major, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, the guys that I usually suggest are guys that I think you can plug and can help be winners at almost anywhere, but those maybe top tier teams that are just you need a certain level of athleticism. Mm -hmm. um, and the threes I would say are are good U sport to low major type players um, that um, that I think are good that are winners, you know. And could they play mid major like the four leaf guys? Sure. I mean, that, there's a reason I'm suggesting them. It's because I think that they're winners, you know, and the the size and athleticism has to be taken in, into account as the levels go up. But for the most part, the guys that I suggest are, are what I label as, as winners. So I, you know, the being labeled a, any leaf, honestly, should be seen as more positive than, you know, the guys who are getting threes are yeah. because <laughs> I'm, for me to, to really put it out there, you know, I have to be a level above what the teams want, right? If, if you're... If you're, um, you know, a U sport team, mm -hmm. and you might be recruiting a kid because that's who you want, but if I'm going to stick my neck out and you know go above and beyond for this player, then I got to be certain that they can be not just like a player for you, but a starter and a star type guy, right? So, um, so I think there's just a higher standard that I have hold myself to. I have to be held to because um, I need to make sure that these guys hit, or else I'm going to lose my reputation. Yeah, and yeah, that that must be a, a ton of pressure for you to uh, to always have that floating around. Your your job is based off of reputation, so for sure you have to be very certain before you, you make those calls. So I've had this working theory um, for quite some time now of that. To me, there's a higher conversion rate of Canadians that go to D one that end up playing pro, as opposed to the guys that are just like American guys that go D1, um, to me that signals that, you know, they're obviously cherry picking like the best players that we have. And of course the best that we have are gonna go, you know, probably as far as possible. So what have you seen out of U sports lately? Have you seen that like, there are some guys in U sports that probably could have held their own in D1? Or how perfect of a science do you think this all is? For oh, you? it's nowhere close. <laughs> it's a joke. I mean, U sport is no different than, you know, the low to mid, area mm -hmm. it depends on the school and the team and the year yeah there's not really a difference like you know uh, mid-major schools might be better than new sports schools yeah generally but there's it's an inexact science yeah. right and it's based on maybe a kid playing for the right aau team getting seen at the right time i mean there's kids i've gone to war for yeah that you know didn't get d1 looks and are now killing it in new sport yeah. And they should be playing, you know, at the, I mean, just because that's where they wanted to in mm -hmm. the U.S. So there is no difference. It's all basketball. Um, guys playing here could play there, and some guys playing there should be playing playing here. Um, but, yeah. Do you, do you see youth sports becoming more competitive, not in terms of basketball, but in terms of, like, branding and, and being an appealing option to guys? And if so, like, what has to happen to get to that point? They need money. They, there needs to be money thrown into it it needs to be cool mm -hmm. right like the, the kids don't think it's cool they don't i couldn't i couldn't care less but the, the ncaa schools can pay more yeah and do you know um but um 
there needs to be money injected into it and money needs to be made from it you know mm -hmm. i mean you go to a, a high school game not even a high level like it doesn't need to be a ranked team in the u.s yeah you go to a high school game and it's madness mm -hmm. it's way worse it's way more hectic and crazy there than it is here for a u-sport game for the most part you know i mean at least in, in the toronto area it's very yeah. hard because there's pro teams and the smaller markets you know they do fine but they, they, there still needs to be more attention and if they put the money in that maybe there'll start being NBA type prospects that come out oh that'd be insane do you, do you, I'm gonna put you on the spot do you ever see that happening in your lifetime for sure or someone getting drafted out of U sports yeah you think so yeah I mean hey, you, I'll, just, I'll you never know how guys are gonna pan out right yeah. like you just don't know and it's always based on the right place the right opportunity the right system the right coach whatever it is you know it's, it's always a, a, based on where you go right you know um, so, guys get overlooked. Yeah, Canadian players get overlooked. It'll happen at some point. Do you have any opinions on the OUA is elite going on right now? Uh, for context, there's some sections of sports that are able to run right now. Be it uh, the OSBA has been able to at least practice at this point. I think they're going to be able to compete very soon. But you have the OCAA and new sports um, not being able to compete, not being able to to practice at the time. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what's going on there? Well, I just think that was a technicality. Like yeah. either someone didn't vouch for them or, you know, someone at, at in the whatever provincial level mm -hmm. that missed it. I think that was an error more than it was. <laughs> I, no, I think you're right. we don't think U Sport is, is elite. I mean, it would be hard to imagine given the amount of talent that's gone through there the fact that most of the best players playing osba for example mm -hmm. end up in u sport or in oua or wherever um yeah i know I, I just think there's probably a lack of understanding there and maybe you know they needed to petition to get seen or heard. yeah it seems rushed it seems yeah i have no idea like I, <sighs> it's crazy but i have no idea yeah because uh, a lot of those u sports kids that's going to be like their second or third year now potentially missed uh, or at least right. impacted by right. by COVID but let's talk about fun things good things All happy right. things <laughs> I've got some super unofficial uh mid-season awards if you will okay you, you don't get anything um and it's more just I went out I surveyed uh scouts coaches uh, as many people I knew that had knowledge of the prep scene just to kind of uh gauge the scene right now and to see um, you know who's deserving of some flowers as to their performance this far the categories are most improved <laughs> yeah that's it's there's a winner there um, <laughs> defensive player of the year for or I guess the midseason for a center or forward so like you know a big guy and then you have defensive player of the year for a guard slash wing okay the best playmaker in terms of assists the best score in terms of obviously scoring um, if there was a nationwide power ranking, who would be number one? That one was fun. And then uh, midseason coach of the year, young player of the year, which is grade 11 or younger, uh, most underrated player in prep, okay. and MVP. MVP was almost unanimous. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was very close. Okay. But let's start at the top um, with most improved. I'm going to let you answer first as to who you would say it is, and then I'll award the uh, what the coaches and scouts seem to have voted for most 
most improved. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, you're really putting me on the spot. I, I got to think. I there's a, there's a few guys. So, so one guy I would talk about would be Jeremy Fumena, mm-hmm. who I think has taken a new role at mm-hmm. Orangeville as their primary guy. I mean, he's the guy that I think they got to play through to win, and, mm-hmm. and he's their best offensive threat. Um, you know, and he's had kind of a steady rise. Um, he was touted as a big prospect when he was younger, but I don't think, I mean, I watched some of his tape from last year at Central Point when he was playing in the U.S. He was good, but he wasn't this level of, of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and he's really impressed me. Obviously, Leonard Miller has come out as a different being, but he would be more in the MVP conversation than he mm-hmm. would be in in this. Um, another guy on 40 Isaac Jack. Um, oh, I loved Isaac Jack. Yeah, he really plays hard. Yeah. You know, he's a winner. Um, Pick and roll killer. Yeah, just just reliable. Yeah. Like, plays both ends really hard. Um, I'm trying to think of, of who else there is. Just going through the top teams. Another guy that, you know, is taken on a new role and has done really well, Jahari Williamson, mm-hmm. point guard at um, Royal Crown. He's, uh, I think he's traditionally been at two, mm-hmm. but at his size, he's got to be a one. Done a really nice job of, of running the show, getting them in their offense, making right. shots, playmaking, really quick off the bounce. Decision making is really coming along. And, you know, there's just a poise to him that I think is impressive. And, being his first year in the oh you know as a top prospect kind of and and on a top team in the OSBA he's done a really good job also. Well, you mentioned him and um, I personally love Isaac Jack. I thought if I had a vote, I'd probably swing it for him just because I uh, maybe he's better suited for a different category. But most improved as decided by the coaches and scouts. Yeah, not all of them, not all of them replied. But uh, Leonard Miller. So Leonard Miller, he's uh, kind of exploding right now yeah. in terms of productivity. He had a huge game against New Horizon. He, uh, I believe it was 59 points, 12 rebounds. He's a good playmaker. Um, but wh- where was Leonard last year in the midst of all these things? Like, uh, what, was it, what has he changed so far? What has he improved upon? I, 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 haven't, I didn't know about him until this year. Yeah, I mean... Leonard was more of a shot, ma- well, a three-point shooter, mm-hmm. um, I would say, with size and length and deep range, but um, probably in grade 10-11, went to the States, um, got injured, right? So mm-hmm. nobody had seen him play, and comes back playing, all of a sudden, he's 6'10", mm-hmm. he wasn't a quick-twitch athlete, he is now, mm-hmm. um, his ball skills and coordination have developed, mm-hmm. And it's not really like anything I've seen before, which is, you know, he kind of from um, Thorin Lee as a grade nine or 10 when, you know, I first watched him in high school um, for whatever reason um, has just panned out physically. Right. And with that, you know, is, is developing a skill level now and, um, he's got it all yeah you know i mean it's there uh, it was for me i did you know i i didn't see him when he was in florida mm-hmm. and he was hurt for the most part so uh you know whatever happened he grew and <laughs> and you know this is what happens to their yeah. kids yeah you know? and that's why you, you teach guard around. skills early right that's right because now when you become 6'10 yeah, and right. you have guard skills you're a, 
an absolutely different animal. Uh, you have a video out there on YouTube uh, going more in depth about Leonard Miller and what you saw about him this year. So go check that out. Um, the next category, Defensive Player of the Year, center or forward. We're going to have to start going a little bit quicker through all these now because, sure. uh, yeah. So who would your bet be on? Um, best defensive big man, I guess. Best defensive big? Yeah. For now, I would give it to Armani Mighty. He's and that's there. who the people gave it to as well. Oh, so okay. tell us about him. Yeah. Um, another guy who physically has really, like, stretched and panned mm-hmm. out. I mean, before the pandemic, um, you know, he had a little weight on him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I probably didn't move as well. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, he's a, he's unbelievably quick. Yeah. Um, his athleticism is it's high level. He's got good hands around the rim. You know, finishes really well still can add strength and that's why he's so impressive because he's got great physical tools but he has serious upside um because he hasn't put on that you know girth yeah that he can um but um really good verticality um good shot blocker um good timing mm-hmm. um good instincts um uh, and you know the he's what they need right look at who else they play i mean all their guys are essentially wings right yeah. I, I think Afiosa and and uh, Osa, oh, yeah, there's stacked. three, four. Sorry? <laughs> yeah, they're stacked. <laughs> yeah, they're stacked, but those guys aren't bigs at yeah. all, right? So they need him to be, you know, the, the presence in the middle, yeah. and they've lost one game. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, against Vanguard, right? Yeah, that was, yeah. That was, a, that was a surprise. That was a... <laughs> I, think, uh, I think some guys were out, so yeah. I don't know. I wasn't at it. Yeah, basketball math doesn't make sense. Um, but, yeah, if I, if I could just throw uh, a quick one in there. I've been a huge, huge, huge fan of uh, Caleb Swatton Rogers. Yeah, that's the name. Yeah, I always, I always get the acronym names mixed up. But that, that's that's. I don't know if he's defensive player of the year. I don't give myself a vote because I don't think I know enough, right? So I, I try to make that very clear. Yeah. This is not like a ranking for me or anything like that. But he's just one of the guys I've seen uh, this year. I think he plays in the Premier Circuit sometimes. Edge. Yeah. Well. The, yeah. They, I mean, they, they, they came here maybe once. Yeah. Um, to play in it, but th- they played all over. He's had a good year in, yeah. on the grind session in the U.S. Yeah. Ball his life picked him up uh, for a little mix there too, and nice. there, yeah, he's just so excited to play defense. You can you can see it with watching yeah. him. Just he's reading the play with his eyes. He's on like his tippy toes, almost just getting ready just to to make a play defensively. And, uh, I, I've been really impressed with him. I want to see where he ends up. Uh, same category, but for a uh, guard or wing. Guard or wing? Um, one guy I love on the ball, Javier Gilgis Glasgow. So do the people. Oh, okay, <laughs> there you go. So far, let's go. Um, yeah, I mean, his two-way ability, you know, mm-hmm. you talk about reliable guys. These are the types of guys that I love because mm-hmm. you know that they're going to give it to you on both ends. You don't need to tell the motor. You don't need to tell them to write, make the right decision. Um, you know, the fact that he can run the show on offense, get everyone involved in the spots that they like, make shots, and pick up 94 feet um really high iq winner mm-hmm. um yeah he's great yeah no this is probably the most contentious category that we had okay i think there was like there was virtually no consensus i think he might have won by one or two votes but like you had votes all over the board all over different teams so yeah this one this one was a tough one but yeah i think uh th- there's a Good amount of guards and wings buying into defenses here, which is refreshing. Yeah, I mean, th- those are those are the guys that you know you're looking for. I, yeah. well, one other guy I got to throw out is Osei Okoji, mm-hmm. who's had some huge defensive games. Yeah. Who's willing to guard pretty much any position you put him on. Mm-hmm. Has great hands, and 
um, yeah, he would be he would be another guy to throw in that category. The next category was the best playmaker in terms of assists. What's your stat? Best playmaker, um, Jaden Clayton. That is correct. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about Jaden Clayton? He joined uh, Fort Erie uh, midway through the season. Yeah. Um, Pass first, point guard, the prototypical, you know, whereas Javier, I'd say, is more of like a, a get everyone in their spots. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden is more of a paint touch, yeah. create, you know, more aggressive advantages, really plays more of like a high risk true advantage creating in terms of of really reading the help well creating good looks for his teammates based on you know his work more than it is you know anything else um great vision knows when to give it up passes with both hands with zip um you know he's he's your tennisist guy i mean there's there's not anybody else in, in that mold i don't really think um in the country yeah um no, I agree. He's been just almost an absurd addition to the team in terms of how functional they were already with Leonard running point. Yeah. Now you have two guys that can do that, and Isaac Jack, who is, is going to eat all day long right there. Uh, we're going to take a quick, quick break, make sure everything's in working order. I have it as 22 minutes right now, Lathan, so good time to refresh. And we're back. Okay, camera's working. Great job, Latham. Appreciate you. And now... I think where we're at now uh, in terms of these quasi midseason awards are not awards. You don't get anything. Um, <laughs> is uh, best score in uh, the prep circuit right now? Who's the, I guess, the most lethal score in prep? Brashawn Alette. No. Well, I mean. I, well, I for, well, hey, right. <laughs> you, for you, yes. That's, that's your. I, I have to think. I have to think. Um, you don't have to think too much. Vashon is the first name that comes to mind. Yeah. I've got to think who else is there. I mean, look, Leonard scored 59 that, points. That's where they went. Yeah, like, look, there's, there's, you know, in certain instances, he can be he can be the guy who goes yeah. off more than anyone, potentially, because yeah. of his size and shot-making ability. Mm-hmm. But I would say Vashon is a more consistent scorer yeah. because, you know, at, at 6'10", your, your, your um, center of gravity is really high. Mm-hmm which makes it difficult in certain instances, mm-hmm. especially in tight spaces, to be able to get everywhere you want. Whereas Vashon at, you know, like 6'2"-ish, yeah. you know, has a low center of gravity yeah. and is shifty and has all the ball skills you could possibly need with yeah. both hands. So he's really able to be crafty and get mm-hmm. wherever he wants much easier than Leonard who's dribbling yeah. up, right? It just yeah. it makes it more difficult. Yeah, Leonard has a very high dribble. Um, but I actually want to talk about who came second in this category. Okay. Um, Cam Slaymaker. Nice. LBA. Um, again, this is coming off of the heels of uh, a really good hardwood classics he's had. LBA has been the most. I, I don't know. I've seen them yeah. almost lose to to Great Lakes, and then I've seen them beat Orangeville. So right. their their whole season's been a huge roller coaster. But right. Cam looks like he's getting like professional buckets when it comes to some of the footwork, some of the the sets they have him running there. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about Cam Slaymaker? Yeah, and Angelo is a great coach. Puts him in yeah. great situations. Um, situations but you know for him to succeed really Mm -hmm. he's he's a shot maker i mean i would say right now in the 22 class he's probably the best shooter Mm -hmm. deep range knows his game plays within it every shot he puts up though you believe in you know he's one of those rare guys that he can take whatever he wants to be honest um really gets to his spots nicely rises up well you know tough to tough to stop him Mm -hmm. stopping from stopping on a dime 
um, has a strong body, mm-hmm. has an alpha mentality and, and intensity to him all times, which is part of what allows him to be a great shooter, mm-hmm. I believe, is that he's able to focus for a consistent period of time. As you can yeah. see, if you go watch him on defense, he's always engaged. And so what that leads to is him being able to focus on the rim when he needs to shoot it more. And uh, he's been fantastic. Love him. I also want to point out right here that I have show notes, but Wes wasn't able to see any of these. So Wes doesn't know who the winners are. He doesn't know what the questions are until he just sat down here. This is all coming right off the cuff, right off the top of his head. This is how much time he spends in the gym working with all these teams. Um, the The next question was kind of obscure, but if there was nationwide pa- power rankings, who would be number one? Yeah, it has to be United Scholastic. Yeah, and it was. Um, United Scholastic, this is a first-year program, technically, right? So... Uh, well, again, we literally took Canada elites under 18, under 17 team and <laughs> to put, put them on a team, right? And that team was immensely talented. Yeah. I mean, they made the semis of the Under Armour circuit. So. And I think they started their season, maybe they, it wasn't the very start, but it was close enough to the beginning. They knocked down uh, Orangeville. Yeah, yeah, in a preseason tournament. Yeah, yeah. the Premier League uh, made off like Bannis. They beat Crestwood. They beat... Yeah. Yeah. I think they beat everyone they beat so Fort far. Erie. They beat they beat Royal Crown. Actually, so they've, they've beaten they've, a lot of the top teams. In Canada, they've beat every team they played because they played Vanguard twice and they beat them by four right, yes. the second time. Yeah, yeah. So they they've essentially won against anybody they played. Um, yeah, which is just uh, insane for a first year program. Yeah. But I guess coming from where they're coming from, um, it's going to be that way. Those uh, guys have chemistry. They have chemistry, and that kind of leads us into our next question nicely. Yeah. Spoiler alert. United's Classic wins again. But the coach, uh, the question was midseason coach of the year, and that usually goes to the best team. Sure. Coach, anyways. So, um, is it Charles? Scott. Scott. Oh, I'm thinking about 40. Okay, so, um, yeah, again, so maybe riff a little bit more about what you've seen from United Scholastics and United Scholastic. Yeah, I mean, they have incredible talent. Mm-hmm. Um, the You know, the cool thing for me is they have two ball-dominant guards, I would mm-hmm. say, that are able to mesh pretty well, at least on the court, the way that they play, you know. Um, Vashon can put up 40 points playing off the ball almost, you know, yeah. without, you know, without crowding the ball. And, you know, Javier is able to get off of it. Um, the pieces fit, you know, they're, they're all really aggressive. They play freely. They believe in themselves. And um, they just, they have a lot of talent. I mean, yeah. they have a lot of really talented scorers, you know, and then Armani in the middle to clean up whatever misses are there um, and to, you know, to finish dump offs and, um, you know they don't they don't even need to post them up that you know as much as oh yeah, he would don't. usually get yeah because they have they have a high talent level you know and you got you I mean you got four guys on the on the perimeter plus you know their 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 backups like you know Kobe Charles and guys mm-hmm. like that that um, crazy athletic yeah crazy yeah he's had some he's had some almost posters he's, he's great he's great for me because for the photography when yeah, you just pause yeah. him in midair and he's guy's arm all the way extended his yeah. legs are like doing the split he's like seven feet in the air like yeah it's crazy yeah i know so they just have they have a lot of talent and it works and then the next question was it'd be essentially rookie of the year but it's young player of the year grade 11 or younger young player of the year yeah Bas- basically best prospect in a way best prospect not best prospect but like uh, you know grade 11 so the, yeah yeah well i mean you got to throw Jalik Dunkley distant in that conversation. He has a quick twitch, athleticism, and mm-hmm. quickness, belief in himself, yeah. confidence that you don't find from guys that age. Yeah. Um, 
and when you just see a move it's a, it's different yeah um look there's tons of guys i mean mikel uh, you know this was the summer mikel yeah. tyne was spectacular for team canada yeah um they went uh, feosa on this one yeah look feosa's yeah. younger feosa is <laughs> even younger than those guys right yeah. i believe he's in grade 10 yeah i mean feosa the sky's the limit i mean yeah. he could be the best prospect any age in canada yeah um again like those other guys you know has like a swagger to him already yeah. even as a grade 10 he might be playing prep guys and he believes he's better than all of them yeah he's really impressive I, i'm really excited for will riley i mean i don't have a deep rolodex worth of information on the young guys but i watch him play the kids super long yeah got a good shot right. yeah <laughs> yeah i get excited sometimes when i'm yeah, in the gym right. but um no i'm i'm excited about will riley but yeah fao is a uh winner of this category another I hate that I asked this question, and I hate that I'm going to bring it up on the podcast anyways, but I'm still going to do it because, like, I messed up like that. Um, most underrated player in prep. Oh, so now we're talking, like, my category of guys. This is, yeah. I mean, for, for <laughs> These me, are the winners. For me, it's Osei Okoji, but I don't know <laughs> yeah. if he's underrated anymore because yeah, he's a primary guy on the mm -hmm. top team probably, you know. But I I love guys with high motors, yeah. you know, and, and – even when he didn't have a skill set that he does now, he was crashing the O boards for easy putbacks. He was yeah. blocking shots and getting steals in the lane and was active. Yeah. And when you take a guy like that to your team, you know, as long as you can make him a reliable spot up or whatever it is, he's going to help you win, especially yeah. when there's a level of athleticism, which there is there. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I think people interpreted this uh, category as being least appreciated somehow. Okay. Because the winner, to me, doesn't make too much sense. Like I understand where they came from, but like the winner was Roman Dean, Roman Dean, cool. which is like maybe underappreciated, but I don't know underrated. If those are the no, same well, things. I, I mean, I, I agree with that. Like yeah. the him and Ose were actually like the last two years, the, yeah. the two guys that I loved again because of motor, yeah. you know I mean? Romad is an unbelievable rebounder. Mm -hmm. Maybe the best rebounder in the country. I'd have yeah. to think, but back to galore too. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, around the rim, he's spectacular. He's got great instincts. He's unbelievably quick off his feet. Mm -hmm. You know, he's really improved his three-point shot. And that's going to be what his role will be, you know, which is make shots on the outside and make plays at the rim. But his his rebounding is, is, is spectacular. His ability yeah. to rebound outside of his area. Um, I remember, you know, a few years ago in the OSBA playoffs, um, he had... I don't know, like 16 rebounds in the yeah. first half or something like that. And double digits <laughs> in the first quarter, I was sitting there with an NCAA coach and yeah. couldn't believe it. Um, so, you know, another guy that's a winner because he doesn't need the ball to succeed, yeah. to play hard and all, do all those little things to win. Yeah, He seems like he's been hitting his jump shots pretty reliably too, yeah. as of late. Um, again, crazy athleticism. And then um, with virtually no resistance, uh, the MVP category. Mm-hmm. I have no Do I, idea. You don't know? You don't think so? They, Leonard Miller. Okay. I, would, I mean, that, that would have been my guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Leonard uh, just had a, I mean, crazy, spectacular year, you know? Yeah. Um, but we, we've talked about him a lot. You have a lot of content on, or you have content on him on your YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. um, I got the 59 point game on my YouTube as well. So Leonard Miller's having a great season. I think we can. We can pin that one at that. Yeah. Um, so well, I appreciate your time, Wes. Latham's giving me the the sixty second warning here, so that's where we're gonna pause it for today. But I'm sure we'll do it again. And uh, sure. Yeah. I'll I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll probably talk to you today. <laughs> All right.
Thanks for watching, guys. Um, also, is this one off yet? Don't don't turn that one off. Spotify, you're not useless anymore. You guys can actually rate podcasts now. So please, five stars on Spotify, Apple, five stars too. But Spotify, you can actually do something now. So thank you. See you guys.